Well, before we begin the message this morning, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. You've given us today the chance to come together and, and hear your word. Lord, as we move forward in this series on prayer and praying in the new year, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would just speak clearly, that we would, that we would capture it, that we would grab a hold of it, that we would live it in our lives. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're continuing this morning in praying in the new year, and we're on part four, and I want to cover two prayers this morning, and the first prayer is the prayer of consecration and dedication. And consecration is a big word, and we're going to get into what it means, but first I want to look in Luke 22, verse 41 through 42. And it says this, as this is the amplified version, and he, Jesus, was withdrawn from them, Peter, James, and John about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and he prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. We're going to notice some things here. If, if we look within the context of the story, this was, Jesus was in the garden. Jesus was in the garden, and, and the next day he's about to face his greatest trial Greatest tribulation, and he's going to face the cross. And he knows that this is coming, and, and so he goes to pray. And he withdraws himself from them. And it says them, and it's Peter, James, and John. You should know Peter, James, and John were his inner circle. There were the 12 disciples, and then there were the three that were close to him. In fact, John says that, that I was the disciple that Jesus loved. I like that. John says that. John writes about himself, I was the disciple who Jesus loved. That would be if I wrote a book and I just said, well, you know, I'm God's favorite. I, I'm the one he loved. All these other yahoos are just following me. He kind of he put himself out there and said, I'm the one he loved. But, but he left Peter, James, and John, his inner circle about a stone's throw. So you imagine a stone, and you pick up a stone, and you, you throw it, and hopefully it's, you know, about, what, maybe 20 feet? He goes off to where he's just kind of alone. He just has a little bit of aloneness to him. But I want to focus. We're going to focus on that in just a minute. But let's focus first on what Jesus prays. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He fully understands the pain he's about to endure. In fact, it goes on to say that he, that he, he was praying so hard that, that his blood was turning to sweat, or sweat was turning to blood. That, that you're praying so hard that literally your sweat becomes blood. And so the turmoil that he's going through is very evident when he says, Father, if it is your will, take this away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I find it very interesting that Jesus withdrew from them. Jesus withdrew from them. Jesus stepped aside. He, he, he moved away from them so that he could interact with his Father. Consecration means this. We intentionally put distance between ourselves and ungodly things so that we are prepared and available for God to use. That we intentionally put distance between ourselves and ungodly things. 
so that we are prepared and available for God to use us. How many want that for your life? God, I just, I want, Lord, separate me from the things that take me away from you. Lord, separate me from those things that, that don't draw me closer to you. You consecrate yourself. That's what consecration means, that you set yourself apart. And so Jesus here, he withdraws from them. Peter, James, and John, his inner circle. Ian Bounds defines con consecration as this. Voluntary set dedication of oneself to God. An offering made without any reservation whatsoever. An offering made to God, it doesn't matter what you want from me, it's yours. It doesn't matter what you require from me or what sacrifice it requires, it's yours. Have you ever been in that place in your life? To where you say, God, I want you to use me. I need you to use me. God, I know there's a calling on my life, but I have to separate myself from the things that are drawing me away from you. How many times in your life have you been there? To where you just say, God, there are things that are dragging me down. There are things that are messing me up. There are habits and hang-ups and hurts and, and my past and my sin and my, the, the, th the things that keep coming to my mind. But God has a calling on your life this morning. And if you, will, if you will consecrate yourself, if you will set yourself apart, if you will say, God, no matter what it is you require, it's yours. No matter what it is you require, well, I require your pride. Uh-oh. I require, uh-oh, I require your time. Is that what God is saying to you this morning? God might be saying, I require your money. I just, I, I just need to see faithfulness. I require your purity. Have you ever felt God speak that to you? That he wants to set you apart, to use you, to make you available to be used for his purposes. That you're consecrated. Jesus withdrew from them. Who's who, them? We talked about Peter, James, and John. He withdrew from his friends. What if God asked you to withdraw from your friends? It's getting real personal now. What if God asked you to withdraw from your friends. Consecration is a process. It takes time. The prayer of consecration is simply an invitation for God to change, rearrange, and purify us. That's simply what it is. God, change us, rearrange whatever you need to, and purify us. That may mean some things. Jesus withdraws here. Why, why does he withdraw? What, what is the purpose of withdrawing? Why would God require you to withdraw? Have you ever been in a place in your life to where you, you know that your friends or loved ones or, or sometimes even your family members, you can be with your family members and you just, I just, I just need to withdraw for a little while. I just need to step back for a little while. I just, not that you leave or anything weird like that, but you just... You just, maybe you have to leave the room. Maybe you just, maybe you're driving on the road and, and have you ever been driving on the road and you feel the Lord just, just ministering to you? 
and in order to avoid an accident on I-85, you have to pull over a little bit. You have to withdraw yourself. Just, God, whatever you're doing, just, just move and use me. And so with your family members, with your friends, with, sometimes you just have to take a step back. You just have to withdraw yourself a little bit and say, God, whatever it is you want to do within me, whatever it is you want to change within me, whatever it is you want to rearrange within me, whatever it is you want to do to purify me, here I am, I am yours. And that's what Jesus does here. He withdraws from them. But the question is, why would God ask you to withdraw? Sometimes we may depend upon one or more of them too much and not lean on God the way we should. Well, you know, just every time I got troubles, Doreen's the one to call. Every time I got, she has such a good listening ear and such a loving response. That every time I got troubles, I, I, hey, every time I got troubles, I give Gary a call. It's not quite a loving response, but it's a listening ear. No, it's good. It's always a loving response, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> but there's times where you, you know, you know there's certain friends you run to before you run to God. Don't, don't you know? There's certain friends you run to. There's certain people you run to before you run to God. Well, that's my girlfriend. That's my fiance. That's my spouse. That's not God. That's my best friend. You don't understand. They've been with, with me for years. They've gone with me through thick and thin and hurt and trials and, and mountaintop experiences. They've been with, it doesn't matter. They're not God. And so I consecrate myself, I, I withdraw from them for a short time so that I can draw closer to him. I withdraw from them for a short time so that I can draw closer to my Savior. That's all it is. That, this is what we're talking about, that, that you consecrate yourself, that you set yourself apart, that, that you don't rely on others as much as you rely on him. What's another reason? I don't want to step on toes this morning. Uh-oh. He invited me to step on his toes. We may be unable to maintain holiness in our relationships with God because of our relationships with others. Let's say it this way. They are dragging you down. They are dragging, I've been there. How many have been there? They are dragging you down. They will mess up your spiritual life. Well, you should be a light to those people, brother. I'm not strong enough yet. So give me grace and give me mercy, but I have to step aside from that relationship because I need to get strong in my faith so that the time will come when I go back to them that they will see a change in my life and it will change their lives. Have you been there? I had a buddy named Matt when I was <laughs> 16 or so. And Matt and I, we grew up together. We were good friends. If, uh, 
I reminded myself not to use his real name for the podcast, but God bless, it's Matt. So, <laughs> just in case you're listening, Matt, this is the reason why. Uh, no. But it became to where every time I was with Matt, I was doing things I shouldn't. We, were going to, we went to church together. We were, uh, he went to a different school, but we would hang out together. And, and my relationship with Christ just wasn't very strong. My relationship with, I knew I had a calling on my life. I, I knew that God had called me to minister. I'd known it since I was a kid. I just, I've known since I was a kid what God had called me to do. And as I got older, I started hanging out with Matt, and we started doing things and going to parties and doing things we shouldn't be doing. And, and it just, it was dragging me down. And it wasn't, uh, Listen, I, ha- I had an experience with God that, that just, uh, he was continually drawing me closer to him. And I went to Matt, and, and this is what I didn't do. Let's, let's first focus on this. What I didn't do was say, hello, Matthew. I am now very holy, and you are not. <laughs> so, Matthew, because I am holy and you are not, I can no longer associate with the unholy. Come on. We know Christians that do that. We all know Christians that do that. Just, hmm. They got their nose in the air a little. Hmm. Hello. <laughs> no, I said, man, I can't be doing this stuff that you're doing. I can't be going to the, I can't be doing this stuff. I can't be, I, I'm, I am, sacrificing my calling to appease my friends. I'm sacrificing my calling. And I, this isn't what I said to him. This is what I'm saying to you. Because that would be a little weird too. But I said, I, I just, you know, man, you're my friend, uh, you know. But I just can't do that tonight. Old Samantha, you can't do that. No, no, I'm sorry. I just can't do that tonight. Well, why not? Man, man, I, I, and, and I was honest with him. I said, man, I need to be stronger in my, in my relationship with God. I need to grow stronger in my faith. And going to that place and doing that thing just isn't helping me. It's just not helping me. There's times where God will require you to withdraw. Just about a stone's throw. Just about a stone's throw where where you can get the strength you need and build up your faith so that when you go back to them, you can help them out of the muck and the mire they're in. I didn't say it's not a matter of abandoning anybody, but it's a matter of separating yourself for a time so that you can be strengthened and your faith can be grown. Jesus had to withdraw. These were, oh, hear, hear this. These were his friends. But they couldn't go where he was going. I'm going to let you grab onto that for a second. These were his friends, but they could not go where he was going. There are places that God wants to take you that you just can't take others. 
There are places that there's a calling on your life. I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but there's a calling on your life that will require you to withdraw and consecrate yourself because where your friends are going, you shouldn't be going. And where you're going, they can't come along. say, what does that mean? Jesus was going to the cross. Jesus was going to, to be the substitutionary, to be, to be the lamb, to, be, to, to shed his blood. His friends couldn't go where he was going. Maybe God has called you to the mission field. Maybe God has called you to be a minister. Maybe God has called you to go to ministry school. Maybe God has called you to do something here or do something there. And you know that your friends just can't follow you. But yet, some, for some reason, we're still hanging on to those things. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. There's some static here. Static here. I'm not sure what's going on, but that's okay. Here's the other problem. God has called you to do something in your life, but you have continually refused to consecrate yourself. Consecration is setting yourself apart. Dedication is setting your feet on the path that he wants you to go. The prayer of consecration and dedication. God, I come to you this morning. I set myself apart. Lord, whatever it is you require of me, I will do it in Jesus' name. That is dedication. Dedication is that you put one foot in front of the other and you're going forward no matter where it leads you. To consecrate yourself is to set yourself apart. To dedicate yourself is to go no matter what he requires you to do. I am dedicated to the cause. I am dedicated to the cause. I am dedicated to the cross. I am dedicated to the calling that's on my life. I'm dedicated to God. He will ask you. He will, he will, listen, I... He will require you to sacrifice things in your life. You say, Pastor David, how do you know? Go to the next verse. Luke 9, 24. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. God, it is not my will, but yours be done. That's all this is saying here, that I have my plans and my, everything I've made, and I got, I got my stuff laid out. But it's not my will. It's yours be done. The same goes not just for my spiritual life. The same goes for this church. It's not our will, but his be done. It's not our will, but his, for some people, their will in church is to come, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is you guys, but for a lot of people in a church, they'll come and sit in a chair, relax for a couple hours, meet some friends, have some coffee, they'll leave the building, go home to their lives, and not do anything else the rest of the week. It is not our will in this place. It is his, and we have to follow it in Jesus' name. We have to follow the calling that's on this church to reach this community. We have to follow the calling that's on this church to reach youth and children in Jesus' name. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. God, I just, I need to hold on to that. 
no, 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 God, I mean, I, I'll give you this and give you, give you that. I'll, I'll let you into my kitchen, and I'll let you into the living room, but God, stay away from my bedroom. Uh-oh. God, I'll, I'll, I'll let you in the front door, but don't go in that closet. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses it for my sake will save it. That is the prayer of consecration and dedication. God, I will set myself apart so that I may dedicate myself to whatever it is you've called me to do. How many, how many is that your prayer this morning? How many is that your prayer this morning? God, set me apart for what it is you've called me to do. And when you've called me to do it, that I would dedicate myself to whatever it is. I want that to be your prayer this morning. I want it to be the church's prayer this morning. I want it to be, God, whatever it is you've called us to do, no matter what the sacrifice is, no matter what I have to give up, Lord, it is yours. Christianity requires sacrifice. Whoever told you that when you become a Christian, everything is just hunky-dory, it's rainbows and puppy dog tails, they lied. It requires sacrifice. It requires consecration. It requires dedication. The prayer of consecration and dedication. That's the first prayer. We covered one. We're down to another one. The prayer... The second prayer I want to talk about this morning is the prayer of agreement. How many, uh, say this with me, say the prayer of agreement. How many have ever heard of that before? A few. The prayer of agreement. Matthew 18, 19 says this. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. How many have ever read this before? Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. This is an amazing, awesome promise. Hey, I, I know the, little one, the last one was a little punchy, but this one is going to lift you up. It's exciting. Whatever, if two of me gathered, were gathered together and we're praying, and whatever we ask in Jesus' name, that it would be done. How many are excited about that? How many want to get together with me right now and just pray for the Powerball? No? <laughs> Gary, you again? <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's not what we're talking about here. Because people say, well, great. Well, if, I mean, if it's anything... If I can pray for anything, then, then let's pray for anything. That if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, that it would be done. First of all, let's go into this. It's not a formula. It's not a formula. A formula, if, you're, if you know anything about baking, Jenny knows a lot about baking, and, and, and baking requires a formula, right? It requires a half a cup of this and a teaspoon of this and, and a little bit of oil. And, and it's not even a little bit of oil. It's not a little bit of oil because a little bit can be a drop or it can be a cup. So a little bit, it's a teaspoon of oil or a tablespoon of oil. That's a formula. When you put the formula together, you get cake and cookies. 
How many like cake and cookies? Come on. I do. But this is not a formula. It's not formulaic. You don't have to, it's not, well, if I just, if I just do this and, you know, I once had an experience with God, and what happened was it was on a Sunday morning, it was about uh, 11, 29, uh, and I, was, I came up, and I came up to the altar, and I got right here, I was like within, I was right next to the podium here, and uh, I raised my left hand, and uh, then I raised my right hand, and I realized I couldn't speak, so I, did, I, I brought it back down, and I, and, I, and I experienced the presence of the Lord, and it was magnificent. And so the next, the next service, I'm watching the clock, and it gets, to, it gets to 1029, and man, I come up here, I get right up here, yeah, I'm right in line with this, I raise my left hand, raise my right hand, realize I can't speak, come up back down, I, God, where's your presence this morning? We have gotten caught up in the tradition of religion. We have gotten caught up in God. I come to a service on a Sunday, on a Sunday morning. I come to the altar. I lift my hands. I lift my voice. And, and I felt your presence one time. And so now every other time I do the same exact thing and I don't feel it. What's going on? It's not a formula. The prayer of agreement is not, listen, this is the other thing. It is not a way to manipulate God into doing things our way. Thus saith the Lord, thou shalt not steal. Okay, Doreen, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray that God would give us grace for stealing something. No. (laughs) Doreen said, I don't think so. I didn't think she was going to say, I'm in. No, because we wouldn't be praying things according to his will. We'd be praying them according to ours. We'd be praying them according to ours. Stacy, let's pray together. Let's figure out how to rip some people off. No, praise the Lord. She's good. We're not, pray- we're not-, we're not praying our will. I hope that's not your will, by the way. I hope, not- I hope part of your will isn't like, Doreen, let's go, you know. Get the bank card. I don't know what it's called. That if two of you agree on earth about anything, this is the prayer of agreement. That we come together. It, it is the, it, it's also not this. It's not a loophole. It's not a loophole. It's not, this is not a legal argument to where you can find a loophole to get through what, whatever you got to get through. It's power. Oh, here's this. You say, well, if two or three are gathered. So here's one. Come on. You're going to stand up this morning. It's all right. So here's one. Mike, come on up. Here's, here's two. Now there's three of us. It says that if two of you agree. So we're together. We're, we're, we're together, and, and we're agreeing. Now, Michael is a very spiritual person. Would you say? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Whatever you say, Pastor, that'll be great. Michael's a very spiritual person. Carol's a very spiritual person. God bless her. Maybe, maybe I myself, not as the pastor, but as just a regular Joe, I, I'm, I'm really kind of struggling in my faith. 
Listen, it's not like you have to have a whole bunch of really spiritual people gathered together for God to hear you. It's not like, well, okay, let me make sure I get the most spiritual people and we can gather together and that's the only way it'll work. Now, if their element of faith, which is strong, mixes with my element of faith, which is weak, we will be strong together. Amen. But I don't need to find the most spirit. Thank you, you guys can sit down. Uh, we don't, give me a hand. <laughs> I don't need to find the most spiritual people to come to God in prayer. I don't need to find the most spiritual people. But listen, it is my faith connected with your faith, connected with their faith, that, that that's where the power is. That's where the power is. That's where my faith mixes with your faith, and your faith mixes with my faith and their faith. And now we are reaching heaven together. I want you to think about it this way. How much better do the harmonies and richness of a duet sound than a soloist? And how about a quartet over the duet? And how about a whole choir over the quartet? That when we come together, when we bring our faith together, when we agree on anything, the Father would ask that it would be done in Jesus' name. When we agree about anything that they may ask. My, your faith may be weak, but mine is strong. And I may be in a place where my faith is weak, but yours is strong. And we're going to gather together and worship him in Jesus' name. Go to the next scripture. I like this. It goes on to say, For where two or three have gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. That's not saying that when you're praying alone, the Holy Spirit can't be there with you. But when two or three are gathered in my name, this is the promise from God that the Holy Spirit, that God is there with you. That when we are praying together, the will of my Father, that the Holy Spirit is involved intimately. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. There's a kicker there. There's a key point there that when they're gathered together in my name, the presence of God is the important part. It's the critical detail. Everything else hinges on it. It's what produces the answers to prayers that we're longing for. We have to know the will of our Father. I like what this says. Go to the next scripture. First John. This is in the Amplified Bible. And so Amplified just means they kind of expound on what it means. And it says this. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to to have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. Go to the next one. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that which we have granted to us the request which we have asked from him. If you ask anything with the plan and the purpose of the Father in mind, with two or three are gathered, he is there in the midst of you, and someone better get excited this morning because we are all gathered here together praying for the plan and purpose of God our Father to be done, 
And it says that we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask. Somebody say amen. Amen. That was a good one. I like the message version of this. I didn't write it down. The message version says this. And how bold and free we then become in his presence. Freely asking according to his will, sure that he's listening. And if we're confident that he's listening, we know that what we've asked for is as good as ours. So I can have the worship team come up. How bold and free we become in his presence. Freely asking according to his will. According to his will. Again, it comes to the prayer of Jesus in the garden. Not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. And if we're confident that he's listening, we know that what we've asked for is as good as ours. The true power of the prayer of agreement is that we are in agreement with God. That's the true power. It's not that we're in agreement with ourselves or our agendas. That we're in agreement with His plan and His purpose. That we're in agreement with His will. It's empty of selfish motives and empty of foolish manipulations. You can't manipulate my God. Don't even try. It's empty of selfish motives. It's empty of manipulations. It's releasing our will for his. That's it. It's, it's, it's releasing our will for his. God, whatever it is, whatever you would have us to do, whatever you would have me to do, we give it to you. Let's pray this morning. God, we've talked about this morning the the prayer of consecration and dedication, that we set ourselves apart, that we dedicate ourselves to what it is you called us to do. Lord, we've talked about the prayer of agreement, that, that we would gather together, that our faiths would mingle, that we would experience your power and presence, and we would pray that your will be done. Lord, there's people going through some hardships right now. And they just just need prayer. Lord, that we would pray according to your will. Lord, that we would pray according to your will. Let your will be done in this place. Let your will be done in this church. Let your will be done in my life and in their life. It is a conscious decision from each person here to give yourselves over to his holy presence. To say, God, it's not my will, but yours be done. God, let that be our prayer this morning. Let that be our prayer this morning. Lord, let that be, our, let that be on our lips after we leave this building. Let that be on our lips throughout this entire week. God, not my will, but yours be done. Let us be ever aware 
of his presence in our lives. God, that you would separate us from those things that are dragging us down. That you would separate us from those things that are keeping us from from engaging into our calling. That you would give us the strength to sacrifice those things that are necessary. That you would give us comfort in loneliness. That you would be our advocate and our reminder. Holy Spirit, rest upon those who are here. Rest upon those who are here that that their prayer would be clearly, not my will, but yours be done. I'd like everyone to stand this morning. We're going to worship him this morning. We're going to come to him and worship. And, and as we lift our hands and lift our voices, as we come to as we come to a place of worship in, our, in ourselves, just, just, just pray, God, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, God. Just, just whatever it is you want to do within me, whatever radical change is necessary in my life, however you need to change, rearrange, and purify me, here I am. I am yours. Let that be your prayer tonight, today. Let that be your prayer this morning. Change us and purify us. Let's worship him in Jesus' name. Amen.